What's up, everybody? It's your girl, STBJ, the Purpose Doula, and I am your resident truth teller, mompreneur, forever student, virtual coach, relationship builder, master manifester, and podcast host. Thank you all for tuning in to a new episode. Um, if you haven't checked out the other ones, go ahead and you know circle back. Um, but today we are going to talk about some. Um, I think it's important to talk about, especially during these times, um, protecting your peace. Um, So I'm going to give you 10 ways, 10 tools to protect your peace. But y'all know we got to get started with a current event uh, before we jump into the meat of the podcast. And so um, I was checking the gram and reading the news articles and I came across this article. Vanessa Bryant is in a pickle. Okay, She is dealing with a lawsuit from her mother, Sophia Lane, and um, her birth biological mother is suing her. Um, And so I don't know how you guys feel about that, but any type of altercation, whether it's verbal, physical, financial, emotional, with a parent, has to be hurtful. Um, I've experienced it um, on the back end, and I don't. I don't think I'm famous. Um, honestly, I, I can say that having that type of experience where there is this you owe me mentality even as a young kid made me never want to become famous and so i can just imagine how this feels for vanessa and she went on the gram and she talked about um the story on her insta story about how you know grandmother watched the kids um from time to time which all grandmothers should do i think as long as you know the kids are in a safe environment i don't think anyone thinks that grandparents just have to watch the kid but most grandparents want to watch the kid and especially they aren't asking for pay um and and then also everyone knows that Kobe Bryant paid for this mom to have a lifestyle that she did. Um, And uh, hello, Kobe's not making money anymore. He's not here. And that's not to say that finances aren't good for Vanessa. But um, for me, it's a no for me, dog. I'm just going to go ahead and say mom. Mom's a little bit out of pocket. Maybe a lot of it. Um, I think family issues should definitely especially something like this should should be handled privately i think it's it's it looks like it's a a petty thing looks like there is some entitlement and i don't know about you guys but i work hard for my money and i would love to do what i can do for family members and people that i love and people that have helped me along my journey but if you try to pay everybody back you'll forever be broke so at what point were you just doing what you were doing for 
the sake of just being a good person. So talk to me about that. Do you guys think that Vanessa's mom is wrong for um, trying to sue her um, for this money that she just feels like she's old? Um, and then also, do you, do you believe that grandparents are supposed to like get paid to watch the kids sometimes talk to me on that I want to know um, what you guys think but my heart and my prayers definitely go out to Vanessa because you know coming from a situation where I've had to publicly deal with a fallout um, with my mom over social media and like having to not say anything and be the bigger person and be quiet because I was the famous one I'm like I'm not even famous I could just imagine what this would be like if there were like millions of eyes on me okay let me know your thoughts I would love to you know see what you guys think about it all um, but you know coming from that place it is definitely hurtful as a child um, even though she's a grown grown adult you know that's still her mom so that is extremely hurtful and then she's raising these beautiful baby girls and dealing with you know the loss of the love of her life and so it's it's a lot of emotions going on so my heart and my prayers go out to her um i've experienced it on a smaller scale for sure so and that, that was devastating for me so i can just imagine um what she is going through right now so um, if you guys could send her some love and some light let me know what you guys think about that. You know, I, I talk about the mom issues a lot. I talk about narcissistic moms a lot. I talk about toxic parenting a lot. So I thought that this would be a good story that fit right into, you know, my niche. And then it ties right into where we are jumping, um, which is the 10 tools to protect your peace. So I hope that Vanessa has some really good people around her. Um, to love her and support her and, um, you know, help her get through this because protecting your peace, especially when you are in the public eye, is important. But I believe that protecting your peace is important for everyday people as well. So let's jump right into it. Um, the first tool that I want you to put into your toolbox um, for protecting your peace is learning how to say no. No is a complete sentence. You do not need an explanation. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where I noticed that as I have climbed the ladder in life, apparently I just look like I'm rich, even though I have five kids. That part. Um, you know, so I usually get hit with the, what you doing? Where you at? Can you give me a call? And I kind of don't want to know. I, I, I don't want to do that until I know what, what you want. So let me know what you want in the text. Let me know what you want, you know, <laughs> before I get in into it with you on the phone. Well, I'm not going to get into it with you on the phone. But what I've learned from this, which is why I think it's really important for us to say no, is that most people know that people, um, especially people who m may have it, do not like to say no. 
Most people don't like to say no. Think about most of the situations that you got into um, date on the dating scene. You didn't want to say no. You're trying to be nice, so you don't say no, and things um, they don't have to go like way left. But sometimes things things go too far, and you you feel uncomfortable because you didn't feel comfortable saying no. People know this. Everyday people know this, whether it is you going out on a date or it's, you know, friends and family asking for money. They know that it's uncomfortable for you to say no. I don't understand how users understand the dynamics of psychology more than most people, but they do, okay? Um, the leeches know how to leech. And if you tell them no, they will be angry with you and throw a temper tantrum and they'll go on to the next person to get what they get. Uh-uh. I mean, at least that's when I was coming up. Crackheads ain't what they used to be because a lot of y'all would have some PlayStation 5s, um, you know, if we had the crackheads of my time. But the leeches of this time are all about give me, give me, give me. And they don't want to put work in. Everybody feels like they're owed something, but nobody wants to put the work in. This is a microwave generation. And so where that, that consistency comes into play, where that sweat equity comes into play, where that hard work and paying your dues comes into play, most people don't want to do that. They would much rather ask you and and take from you even though you were the person that had to do all those things. Because for whatever reason, they think it don't take all that. But it absolutely 100% takes all that. Every single time it takes all that. There is no elevator to success. You take the stairs. It's going to be some stairs missing. It's going to be some stairs you got to build yourself. It's going to be some stairs that's bootlegged. It's going to be some stairs that you just going to have to figure out how to climb up the side and make your way up. But the journey to success is a climb. And no one ever gets there by saying yes all the time. Um, my dad taught me this. And he was king of saying yes, but that ninja meant no. Okay, That ninja didn't show up for a lot of stuff, but he always said yes. Because he didn't want to be the bad guy and say no. And he taught me this. Um, he said that, is, I guess it's an old proverb. If I, if I give you a fish, you'll, you'll eat for one meal. And then you'll be hungry again. But if I teach you to fish, you'll never be hungry. And I thank him for that. I am super grateful that... I came up the way that I did. It was not traditional at all. It was very toxic. Um, I dealt with a lot of trauma. Um, but the struggle, you know, coming from poverty, um, it made me hungry. I was just talking about this with my best friend. I've known Veronica since the first grade, y'all. We will be friends for 30 years this coming year. 30 years we have known each other. So we come from a time where our parents uh, were both single mothers, raising kids, trying to make it happen. Um, welfare, you know, you name it. Like just, just really trying to figure it out. And I'm so proud of her. She's doing so well. 
Um, and then this is the conversation that we had, just giving you guys a little context on, on our conversation um, to prove the point, driving home, was the fact that it was the struggle that made us hungry and have the drive and the grit that we get praised for today. It was the nose that, you know, really pushed us to, okay, well, guess what? I'm going to figure this out because I got to make this happen for me. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the people who did come along the way and help. And I'm so grateful for the men that have come into my life and bought books. So shout out to the drug dealers that wanted to date me and took me on a date and realized I actually had a good head on my shoulders and they didn't want to ruin my lives. Um, you know, thank you for that. Thank you for, you know, not dating me anymore, taking me home and giving me money to pay for my books for college. I, I really appreciate that. Um, it was those no's. It was the struggle that made me who I am today. And, and so that's why my work ethic is the way that it is. I will outwork you every single time. Don't look for me to be number one. But your girl coming, okay? I'm one to watch because I sneak up on you. Shout out to the underdogs. So no is a complete sentence. It is definitely a tool to protect your peace. It won't feel like it at first because it, you're definitely establishing boundaries. And when people are used to you saying yes to them all the time, they are highly offended when you finally choose to say no. Okay. Um, and saying no is choosing you. And if you have to say no to a parent, and I've had to say no to parents, they are highly appalled that you are choosing yourself. Because that is not what you are supposed to do. But it is when you're trying to break the cycle. Moving on to number two. The second tool to put in your toolbox is put your phone on do not disturb. I swear this phone has turned into a, a, a tether, if you will. We're always on our phone. Put that baby on Do Not Disturb. I have had my phone on Do Not Disturb for quite some time. Um, years. I mean, like, years. It is automatically scheduled from, I want to say, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Because y'all know I get up like 5. But I don't want to talk to y'all first thing in the morning. I want to do what I need to do. Um, which is get myself together. And so... Putting the phone on Do Not Disturb is extremely helpful. Um, as an entrepreneur, when I'm in my office and I'm grinding, it's so easy to get distracted when the phone picks up. And you know, I pass there. It's always an emergency somewhere. Somebody just wants to talk. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, there's absolutely a time and a place for it. But when you're in the zone, you need to stay in the zone. Or if you aren't feeling your best, you are emotionally drained and on e and now is not the time to pick up the phone baby don't do it don't do, don't do it baby okay um <laughs> i am one of the people who always keep my phone on do not disturb from um 10 p.m to 6 a.m and then i don't answer phone calls that i don't know throughout the day um i have had like 
uh, bill collectors or strangers or scammers um, call and just throw off the whole vibe. Now you keep saying, no, I got to go and they're still trying to sell you something and you just threw me off. And I was literally in the middle of writing something or recording something or, you know, creating a course or whatever the case may be. Um, and you just throw off my whole vibe. Now I'm irritated and I'm not even in the zone that I was in because here I go answering numbers I don't know. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't answer numbers I don't know. You better text me if you got a new number and you just call or you better leave a voicemail because I actually check those. How many of y'all still check voicemails? Because that's a real life thing. You better let me know what you want. Because if you don't let me know what you want, Guess who won't be wasting my time? You. And that's on what? Mary had a little aunt. I think that guy is so funny, y'all. I, I really think he is hilarious. So I've been saying all his isms all day. Um, <laughs> number three, the third tool I want you to use is to meditate. I love meditating. Um... For us people of color, meditating sounds really, really foreign. Um, it sounds like it's something that we can't do. Um, but I have read this book. He's uh, He is a hoot. A hoot, I tell you. And he says a lot of things that I um, think to be true when it comes to meditation. And uh, one of the first things that he says is just sit, sit your butt down. Sit, sit your butt down. Um, this is Stay Woke Book by Justin Michael Williams. And um, I think that if you are not used to meditating or you are not familiar with meditating, I think it'll be a good read for you um, because I think we overcomplicate meditating. We think that our brain just has to stop working and that is not how that works. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. Okay? That's not how any of this works. Um, but it is really, really, really um, helpful. I am a huge fan. Let me tell you all. And this is not even a paid promo. I'm all about this app right here. The Calm app. I love the Calm app. Right now they have... Um, a special going on if you have an Amex card you get the year for free um, but that has been an extremely helpful app for me uh, when it comes to guided meditations or um, just working through something it, it, you know it'll give you specific it'll give you specific um, things that you may be going through you can kind of meditate on whether it be anger stress um, work-related issues, um, insomnia, needing to get to sleep, um, you name it, they probably have a meditation for it. I'm a fan of it. You do have to pay for it. Um, but, you know, if you can't afford that, that's perfectly fine, too. You can always get on good old YouTube. <laughs> be careful, though, because, you know, you know. You gotta be careful um, but yeah meditation is not as hard as we make it out to be I think it's just the fact that it's something that we have not been properly educated on and you know in the black community when it's something that um, is foreign it's almost bad okay it's probably from the devil um, and you know <laughs> meditation is in the Bible I had to talk to some people about that because um, y'all know I'm big on manifesting and um, some people didn't realize that that's in the Bible too. 
But yeah, you meditate. Meditation is in the Bible. You meditate on the Word day and night. Um, and it's really just a way to clear your mind, get recentered, make sure you are anchored in peace so you can carry on throughout your day with a clear mind and an anchored spirit. And, you know, I find that meditating helps me to protect my peace like never before um, it helps to clear my mind and it helps me just to be that nice chipper person that you um know and love maybe depending on the day um it is extremely helpful to me um and i actually perform better at work um and as a mom and a wife when i meditate and clear my mind and i sleep better when i meditate too so, there's that. Uh, <laughs> um, so, the fourth one, the fourth tool also, I would love for you guys to um, tap into and stick in that toolbox would be to forgive. To forgive often. Um, I think oftentimes we like to hold people hostage in this jail of unforgiveness in our minds. But in real life... It's us who's the prisoner because nine times out of ten they are not thinking about us. They are sleeping good. They are going on about their lives and they're not thinking about you. Not as much as you, you think they are if they are thinking about you. Um, and so I had to go through some tough, tough things. I remember going into ministry, preaching about it in my first few sermons. And it was about forgiveness. Um, no matter how bad they are, no matter how bad they treated you, at the end of the day, everybody is still a child of God, uh, whether they know it or not. And um, also, the forgiveness isn't about them. It's not even for them. It is for you. And I can't think of a specific situation. I won't go into too many details because um, that is not the case anymore. And I, I don't want any... Um, issues and I just don't like bringing up old stuff you know once we've resolved it if, if we've really resolved the issue and I've forgiven you and you've forgiven me I don't bring up stuff um, anymore it's dead you know what I'm saying because you you'll constantly keep picking at a, a scab and you'll never get the opportunity to heal if you continue to dig those things up so I don't do that but for the sake of this example I think it's really important to see the growth um, I dealt with an issue um, a, a person and it was really really bad like I wanted to fight this person and everybody kept saying no you can't do that and I'm like no I want to lay hands on this person and I'm not talking about the ones at the altar where I'm praying for them okay I want to I want to get them this work I want to fight them okay I will lay hands on them and then I can lay hands on them like y'all talking about laying hands um, that is me pop off Peter Okay, the Lord has done a work in me that is miraculous. And so I don't want to fight very often anymore. But back then, oh, this person could have got the work, okay? And I can remember God in my quiet time and my prayer time having me to pray for this person. And I'm like, I don't even like this person. And you know what they did to me and da 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 and, um, yeah, boom, guess who had to be praying? Me, specifically, about specific things. And, and it was really, really difficult at first. I can remember 
me saying like I do it, but I don't like it. I don't want to do that. But I, I'm gonna do it because you saying do it. You know, basically stumping off to go wash the dishes. That was me. And um, <laughs> um, my first prayer was bless him, Lord. That was it. Like like that's it. Like Jesus wept. Like my prayer for real was bless him, Lord. And it took time for me to get to a space where. I could say anything nice about this person without, because I wanted to fight. It's on site. It's on site, okay? When I see you, let's do this. Um, You know, so bless them, Lord. That was the prayer. And then in my quiet time and in my prayer time, Abba began to show me things about this person's life. And I specifically remember seeing this person looking in a mirror and they didn't like their reflection. And I'm looking at the reflection. And this person has all this glass in their face. And um, it was just it was just really, really bad. A really beautiful person aesthetically. But you see all of this this damage to this person's face, which is affecting this person's confidence, this person's mental capacity, this person's everything. And this person is trying to pull the glass out of their face, but they couldn't pull the glass out because it was too painful. And so this person chose to stay stuck in the pain. And how often do we do that, you know? Um, and so that, that, it was that glimpse, it was that inner glimpse in my prayer time that changed my mindset toward this person. And then I begin to pray intentional prayers about the self-esteem, about the self-worth, about the previous hurt, about them going through the healing process that they needed to go through about this person, you know, not even liking to be alone. Um, and so as I begin to do all of this, opportunities begin to open up for me. But it was the unforgiveness in my heart that was holding up things and drying up my money. That person was not thinking about me. That person was thinking about me a little bit, maybe, because I know for a fact that this person was, like, saying bad things about me to other people. You know how people can be messy and they kind of know that there's a beef going on? Um, and so they'll ask about the other person. I am the person who always says that you're good because... I am of the firm belief that just because we are no longer friends does not mean that I have to drag you through the dirt. Your secrets are forever safe with me. I am the vault. I will never tell your secrets and I will never speak to you again. All in the same breath. Wishing you nothing but the best. Loving you. Like, absolutely loving you. But I can compartmentalize to the point where I, I, I don't have to have you around me anymore. And so, it was a nice, long journey of forgiveness. And as I began to forgive and heal, opportunities and money began to come my way. And I got the opportunity to watch this person's life fall apart before my eyes. And um, it was in my prayer time, I remember Abba Father saying to me, um, Exodus 14, 14, you can't fight. Because if you fight, that's it. That's your reward. Be still, know that I am God, and you let me fight these battles for you. And so it was Exodus 14, 14 that I stood on 
for quite some time and and I felt so bad watching this person's life fall apart and you know I was trying to interject and I'm just like God I, I would have much rather just just let me fight the person you like like you don't have to do all of this this is this is just going too far and I remember him saying but this person don't care about you so the fight means nothing that will just make you feel better I, I need to get this person's attention and so I have to I have to take things that they love and 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 touch them in a way that gets their attention and brings them to their knees because you my child too and it wasn't necessarily the fact that he was getting this person because I was his child it was it was a sowing and reaping thing and so where I'm sowing goodness toward this person and I'm really praying and and speaking only good of this person this person was not speaking nice things about me and so um, whereas if we probably had both been negative we would have been clashing and 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 the the energy would have you know going towards both of us but since I kept my hands clean and my heart clean toward this person I couldn't get hit by any of the you know debris or weapons that were coming towards me they they kind of like bounced right off me and went back to them if that makes any sense for you so the forgiveness was a major key and and I give that gift to everybody now because I know that it is literally for me it is to free me up so that way Abba Father can do what needs to be done in my life so I don't have any blessings being held up on my end and so I impart that to you don't let this person or those people steal your peace you have to forgive them for you, not for them. That doesn't mean they won. They don't get the victory. They read what they said. Trust me, it's coming. And when it comes, even you will be pleading for mercy. I never thought I would plead for mercy on this person's behalf. I was pleading for mercy. So say no. Put your phone on. Do not disturb. Meditate. I do day and night, not very long, but day and night, and then forgive. Forgiveness is everything. Um, so we're halfway through. We're going to number five. That tool is to write, to journal, to express yourself freely. Um, this is not um, something that you just leave out anywhere. I mean, honestly, people should respect your privacy. But, you know, this is just something for you to get your feelings out. Um, I like to chronicle my growth or my observations. I am very introverted, so I do a lot of introspection. I like to think about where I've come from and how far I've gone, um, why I tick the way that I do. And so I like to journal those things. And it's funny because Barack Obama and I have the same personality type. And I was listening to his book, The Promised Land, um, and he was talking about how he went back and was reading some of his old journals. And he was basically getting some insight on himself um, as an older man, looking at his younger self, um, gleaning from, you know, the journal entries, if you will. I believe that journal entries or free writing 
is a great way of self-expression, especially in a, a time where we are very, we are the cancel culture, culture right now. We will cancel you for anything, which is terrible, um, but it is what it is. And so everyone is really censored for the most part. And someone that is not is usually super refreshing to you. I'm, I'm usually that person because I am just like way outspoken. You're going to get this truth today. Um, I'm going to talk about racism with my white friends on my Facebook and Instagram pages. And the real ones already know. You know, they're allies and they get it and they understand. But some other people, you, you know, you know, it's always some. They don't get it. But this is me. I am social justice advocate to the day I die. And, um... A2 is the same way, you know, she is all about Rosa Parks already, you know, she wants to stand up for what's right, it's just something that is embedded in us, um, and so to write and journal, you know, it's, it's freeing, it's very freeing, but then it allows you to really get a chance to see yourself without the blind spots, um, and so I want you to really look into that. Um, I think it is extremely helpful for you to, you can even talk about your energy, you know, what's draining your energy, what's not draining your energy. Talk about those days where you feel really, really good. And, and I, I can remember, um, in middle school, I was super depressed, like legit depressed. Like I should have been on medication. It was bad. Um. But writing was one of those things that really got me through. And I was legit depressed in high school as well. But we, and I do mean we, like I kind of created a, a writing group. My friends would become a part of this group and we would just sit and vibe out to music and write. And I would write poetry and short stories and they would pass my short stories around school because I was a yearbook editor. Uh, they would pass my stories around school and and they were like, when, the, when is the next chapter coming? And um, I would, you know, go home after work, do my schoolwork and write some more. Uh, writing was very cathartic for me. Um, and so I, I think that you would be blessed by yourself if you were to begin to write and just you know, chronicle you as a person, um, what you are dealing with, what you are overcoming, um, and, you know, shoot, sometimes when I, I look at different journal entries, I'm like imparting wisdom to myself, okay? <laughs> you know, so I think that it is a great tool for those who, um, feel like they don't have a voice um, where maybe you have been stifled or you can't say that, you know, and that's that's typically something that if you are used to people pleasing or parent pleasing, you, you can't talk about certain things. You can't talk about that uh, molestation or that rape because basically we would much rather protect the uncle or the dad or the, the family friend that did it than to actually take some time to talk about your feelings. Um, and so... Um, verbal expression 
or or self-expression let me say self-expression because you're just writing it it can be very cathartic so there are times where i write and i cry and i cry and i write and i cry some more and then i can't write anymore because i'm just crying um but it is freeing because i am able to express myself and when you are raised in a place where you aren't able to express yourself or you live in a home where you aren't able to fully be yourself and express yourself writing became a getaway for me writing was the place where i knew i could be myself so i i can tell you i give out journals at every prophetic round table for this reason um because you have to learn how to express yourself and and document this journey that you're going through um, as you navigate through the spirit realm as well as the natural realm. And so I am looking in my office right now and I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 23 journals just ready to go. Um, all of them are not written in. <laughs> and, and I stopped writing for a very long time. And I just didn't feel great anymore. And I can remember as a mom recently saying, this is one of my non-negotiables, getting back to writing, I'm um, just journaling. I can remember saying, number one, I didn't have anything for myself because five kids and a husband, I share everything, literally. I got an office. I'm working outside the house. So John is working inside the house. Who's using the office? Him, not me. I'm like, dude, I don't have anything for myself. And, and writing just, it's one of those things that just makes me feel better. Writing and, and, and my oratory skills is probably why speaking is a natural gift for me. Just make me feel better um, because I'm able to express myself freely. Um, I, I don't want to say without backlash because sometimes it comes, but it's usually um, a lens coming from the person who is not yet healed and that's not really my problem tool number six nature um what i would say most people have realized since we had to sit down um is that nature is our best friend i think we get so busy that we don't take the time to slow down and enjoy nature um, I love being barefoot I will walk pretty much anywhere barefoot I don't really care um, I will of course wipe my feet when I get back in I do it for our dogs you know <laughs> when we come back in you gotta stop at the door sit at the rug get your paws wiped um, but yeah I am a fan of walking barefoot and some people call it grounding because it, it gets you back rooted to nature um, what I have learned is that through my research, um, there have been studies that show that being in nature for at least 20 minutes on a regular basis can significantly lower your stress levels. Um, and by stress, we're talking about the cortisol levels. Um, so being in nature helps to calm your mind, give you peace, give you perspective, um, it, it brings you in touch with, you know, s s being slowed down, okay? Slowing down is a real life thing. And 
I know that we are due for another shutdown in America because we just can't sit down and sit still. But after the world opens back up again, I would hope that everyone takes some time to enjoy nature. I like to do things like walk the dogs or walk myself. We have a nature trail in our new neighborhood where we get to walk. Um, in our old house, I would walk around the neighborhood, and there was a certain um, block that had this beautiful tree. It had to be like a cherry blossom. I just loved it. You probably saw that tree on my Insta story quite often, and it was one of those things where you got to see the, the leaves fall off of the tree, and they were the prettiest color. And I would go and just try and count all of the leaves that I could and I could, I would always lose count. I could never keep up. And it was just always a, a gentle reminder that God created enough abundance in this universe for myself and whoever else. Um, and so I am going to be your doctor and prescribe some time outdoors. Um, at least 20 minutes. 20 minutes okay um it it helps with your physical mental and emotional healing for sure um so you know going outside throwing a few snowballs and i hate hate it not a fan of snow was trying to move um to georgia for this reason i i like the south i am a southern girl at heart family is the only thing keeping me here in michigan but it's really, really fun when we go out and throw a few snowballs and um, I'll shovel sometimes just to get some good cardio and I'll play some music and dance. And I really do feel good after that. Um, and so I want you to take some time and, and think about what that looks like for you. But we really got to get into it. All right, we're halfway through, guys. Um, number seven, breathe. Don't forget to breathe, y'all. Take a deep breath. It seems as if the rhythm of your breath has a significant impact on the state of your mind. So if you're breathing fast, you're probably rushing. And you're probably irritated or agitated. And so the more calm you are, the slower you breathe. And so I've, I've learned to watch my breath, pay attention to the way that I breathe. And if I feel myself getting agitated or I know that I'm, I'm not happy about a certain situation, I will slow myself down and take a few deep breaths. In through my nose and out through my mouth. But I'll hold it a little bit. Just to, you know, slow down. Um, I love talking to my Yogi Bay um, Z. She she told me a great story. I gotta get her on here. Um, where obviously she teaches yoga, but she was talking to a woman and she was like, "Yeah, you're in a rush. Okay, sit down and have some tea with me. You really gotta go. Okay, have slow down. Have another glass with me. Basically, that was the message. Slow down." There's always going to be something to do. There's always going to be work to be done. The list goes on here. You know, we are taught to just pour our whole lives out and work. And we don't 
take the time to stop and smell the roses. Um, learning breathing techniques can definitely help control how your mind works. Um, and it, it helps you to calm that anxiety. Um, it helps you to, you know, calm down if you're getting upset. You know, it helps you to quiet your thoughts and um, definitely take control over your fear, your worry, and, and your anxiety. So anytime I think that I'm not in control, I think that um, anxiety is getting the best of me. I, a customer makes me um, angry at work. After dealing with a racist customer, I want to, I got to go breathe. I, I got to go breathe. Because they'll gaslight you and have you thinking that you're crazy. That you were being aggressive and you absolutely were not. And then it takes other people to say, no, nothing was wrong with your tone. You weren't being aggressive. That's okay. These are things that we deal with in the workplace. Where they try to touch your hair, make you mad. Yeah, it's a real life thing. It's a real life thing. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, so breathing. Don't forget to take a breath. Um, number eight is probably one of my favorite things, and that's don't take things so personally. Uh, one thing that I've learned to protect my peace, I am a fan of social media. I do believe in being social. You talk, I talk back 100%. But guess what? If it's something that I don't agree with, nine times out of ten, I'm scrolling past it. Because I don't have time to argue and go back and forth with you. I'm not doing all of that. I, I would much rather preserve my energy. I don't, I don't really care about being right that much. So, I'm not commenting on your post to let you know that I disagree with what you were thinking or feeling on your page. But that's just me, though. That's just me. Clearly, I'm cut from a different cloth. But that's just me, though. Um, I've learned not to take things so seriously. So, I like to joke a lot. I like to have fun. I like to joke and make me the joke. I am okay being the joke. I am not that serious. <laughs> I'm not. It's fine. Uh, I know I have all those things, all those titles, and, and guess what? I still can be the butt of a joke, and I know how to be a good sport and laugh at it. I, I believe in laughter. Laughter is great medicine. Laughter is a great way for many people to cope with trauma and soul. Um, it is a great tool to have in the toolbox. Not to take things so personally. Everybody is not talking about you. You can't be an overthinker. Um, everybody is not out to get you. You know. <laughs> and so you just. Once you learn that everybody is battling their own demons. Once you learn that really. You know. The reason why certain things said by you are annoying to other people is because you know they're triggered it's because you know that they are you know dealing with their own healing process or avoiding their own healing process um there's work that they need to do but obviously the the sarcasm and the willingness to battle with you um is really just proof that there is some trauma some some healing needed that they have yet to deal with. And we all know that ain't got nothing to do with you, baby. That ain't got nothing to do with you. Because you got to do your own work. And you got to fight your own demons. So, 
you know, I've learned to just be one of those people that joke and keep it pushing. Because at the end of the day, the people that have been the most angry with me online have been the most hurt. And, you know, I tell you guys all the time, I always say it in my sermons too, I have one of those shoe fits ministries for the most part. I am one of those people that you you will know I'm talking about you. I've I've already texted you, screenshotted you, hit you in the DMs. Yeah, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Here's the at. You don't have to worry or ever guess that I'm talking about you. Um, but I like to share different nuggets and lessons, and I try my best to keep them super general because hello, I am a teacher, and my life. And my platforms are my classroom. So I try to keep it general so that way everybody can get a lesson from it. And if you take it personally, if the shoe fits, wear it. If not, keep scrolling. And and I've learned that the people who are offended are not healed. And um, then I don't have to worry about responding to... Uh, those clapbacks and, and those, I mean, I disagree. I like, I created a whole new Facebook page because somebody disagreed with me and my views on dating. Come to find out they had just had some dating issues and you know, it was an area that they had not been healed on. And we like, we hugged it out. We, we apologized to each other, but I'm like, I legit had no idea you were going through this. This was like, just from my experience. So I don't take myself too serious. And I don't think you should either. Number nine, put yourself on timeout. I am big on putting myself on a timeout as a parent. I am big on putting myself on a timeout just so I can have some me time. Um, so I got I I don't know if I've told you guys. I've been talking to my friends about it. I don't have a space of my own and I want a space of my own. When I was 14. I remember catching the bus in front of Cast Tech, and um, the Hamilton bus used to play us. Me and Alicia used to catch the Hamilton bus to Seven Mile, and they used to play us. We'd be stuck on Seven Mile for hours. So we started catching the Woodward bus. And at least that way, we were closer east, further down east, if we had to walk, just in case the bus just decided not to come. And I remember standing in front of these condos on Woodward. And I remember dreaming and saying, like, I want one of these. I want to buy one of these. And I will rent it out for the times that I'm not using it. Because downtown, I felt like should be popping. Especially, like, you know, during the 4th of July fireworks and everything. is always, like, super busy. You kind of want a space to be down there so you can get close to the action. So I'm like, I will rent it out. And then I would just block off the times that I want to use it to write. I still want that to this day. I was thinking Airbnb before there was an Airbnb. Talk about being prophetic and not knowing it. And so, in my mind, I want a space like this so I can put myself on a timeout. And just go and do something nice for Trisha. Um, the timeout is your me time. Don't forget your me time. And so... Um, John and I have come up with a plan because obviously I'm not buying a condo right now. 
and nobody else is allowed in the condo. Not him, not the kids, nobody, okay? Um, it's literally just uh, one room is for me to sleep in, one room is my office library, okay? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be my, my she cave that I go and write and record and, and hide away from the kids and not have to be anybody's anything, just Trisha, just a woman, okay? That's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> we've come up with a plan and we've decided that I am definitely going to have to carve out some, some me time, um, this following year. And so each quarter I get a weekend away, probably going to rent a hotel or do an Airbnb style, um, just so that way I can refill and just sleep. I like to sleep on vacations and they like to like do things and I don't really want to do all that. I want to eat and sleep and lay by the pool with my iPad and read books. That's that's it. And maybe write on my laptop. That's it. That's it. So the compromise is my my carving out time to spend with myself, carving out the time to have me time and just to do what I want to do without having to compromise. If I want to see a movie, I can see it. I mean, and to do this quarterly. So every quarter I'm a drastic in every other month, though. I'm not going to lie y'all. So six times out the year, because I, I need that. Just a little three-day weekend where I just shoot from work or take off work and go and do Trisha. Um, what time is sacred for you? I love weekends. I love mornings. That is when I'm most productive. Um, so after I get up and pray and do all those things, I am always coming up with my best ideas. Um, and then also when I was like, you know, a young mom and, and by young mom, I mean like my kids were young. I was a night owl. So that was like my sacred time. What, what time works best for you um, to have some time to yourself to pour into yourself? Because we are conditioned as women to just pour, pour, pour. But then you don't realize that you're being aggravated and you're snapping, have this attitude because you are empty. You're running on E and nobody's telling you to stop and refill. Um, to protect your peace, you have to do something nice for yourself. You have to make sure that you don't forget your me time. And so now I will block out. Y'all know I live by my calendar. If you are not a friend of mine, then you don't know I live by my calendar. I even send email confirmations for coffee dates with my closest friends because if it's not on my calendar, it's not real. And so I will block out time for me on my calendar. Whatever it is that you need to do to make sure that you are pouring into yourself and getting refilled, do that. But don't forget you. Okay? So I kind of like mix 9 and 10 together because they're the same. They're one and the same. They, they go hand in hand. Okay? Uh, number 9 is put yourself on a timeout. Yeah, sometimes you need to just You can't be available to everybody, okay? You just kind of can't. You shouldn't be. Um, number 10 is don't forget your me time. Please don't forget your me time. Right now, my me time is going to get my nails done. Ming from Lula um, Spa, Nails and Spa. She hooks me up. And um, I get to go and pick a gala. I get to pick a gala. And it's always a great conversation and I am always 
pleasantly surprised by what she comes up with. But most importantly, I get to do something nice for me and I don't take kids with me. They can't come. This is just for me. I don't get to share this. I get to, you know, have a cup of coffee or tea, mostly tea. Uh, maybe sneak out and get me something to eat. And it's just some time that I get to have for me where I don't have to share anything. I don't have to worry about kids eating fast, finishing their food so they can eat mine up. Like, it's just Trisha time. And and I love that. And I, I think that everyone should have some me time. It makes you a better person, parent, spouse, sibling, you name it. Um, and so those are the 10. Now, the bonus ones, I do have some bonus ones because real life, you need all the tools you can get to protect your peace. Okay. Um, and I, I just, I say it like this. This is bonus number 11. What does your diet look like? Because garbage in, garbage out. And I say that when it comes to food, when it comes to books, when it comes to media, um, because what I've learned in my spiritual walk, and I am not like one of those traditional Christians. I, I am like one of those church rebels who don't go to church. Like unlearned a lot of that tradition and value relationship over religion. Um... I learned that it's really important to guard and protect your eye gate, your ear gate, and your mouth gate. But this is how you can tell what's in your heart by what comes out of your mouth. So I guard my eye gate by what I look at. And because I'm prophetic and a seer, I, it's just certain things that are non-negotiable for me. So I don't watch scary movies and I don't watch um, very sexually graphic movies. I can't get those things out of my head. And that's just, that's just me. So I don't do those things. I don't watch them. I guard myself from them. Um, even when it comes to like going to the movie theater to watch a movie in and there's like a graphic sex scene or something like that. I just grab my phone and, you know, I'll play some Candy Crush or something in the meantime. Just something to make sure that I am guarding my eyes. Um, your ears, same thing. So certain music I just don't listen to. Um, you know, when you get to... When you get deep in and you start playing stuff backwards and you start hearing messages, nope, nope, can't do that. Mm -mm, I don't play those games. You can play, but I don't play. Um, but that also goes, you know, to when you're listening to movies or having the wrong people around you. So garbage in, garbage out. If all you're hearing is you're not going to be nothing and you're stupid and you're dumb and, you know, all those negative things, then it's probably going to come out of your mouth at some point. So, um, definitely I'm big on those things. Look at your diet. I am, I'm big on whenever you fast. Okay. Fasting is not just food. It's what you consume, period. So look at your diet as what you consume, period. And you should be good to your temple. I am a, an advocate for temple maintenance. And you maintain your temple by what you put in it um, to sustain it. So, you know, I believe that my Bible is my daily bread. That sustains me spiritually, as well as eating three meals, two snacks per day. That sustains me spiritually. And then I sneak in a proverb and a psalm a day. 
That means I'm reading scripture throughout the day. And I'm praying constantly. That sustains me spiritually. That That is how I, you know, have a healthy spiritual diet as well as a physical diet. They laugh at me at work because I eat healthy for the most part. But I am also an advocate and I believe in, you know, breaking bread with the team. So I'm going to eat with y'all. Probably not as bad as y'all, but I'm still going to eat with y'all because <laughs> that's how we build relationships. Um, and so I want you to take a look at what's going in your eye gate, what's, what's going in your ear gate, and what's going in your mouth gate. And then the last bonus is quiet time. Quiet time, just to do nothing, say nothing, hear nothing, just be with you, just just you and your thoughts. Yep, mm-hmm, yep. That's it, that's it, I know, I know, I know. But it's quiet time, and quiet time is so good. It's so good for you, it's so good for your spirit. And I believe that the more quiet time that you have, the more you like yourself and so you know what does that look like for you because quiet time for me could be yoga because i ain't saying nothing during that i can sit down and do nothing and, and sit still and do nothing i, I can exercise and do and, and just not not say nothing not listen to nothing just, just run in nature. I'm okay with that. That's some good quiet time for me. That's actually some great quiet time for me because God is definitely going to be speaking there. So I'll go over all of them again just for the sake of you who take copious notes like myself. <laughs> um, the 10 tools to protect your peace. Number one is say no. Number two is putting your phone on do not disturb. Basically, you're not being as accessible um, to others. Number three is meditating. Number four is forgiveness. Number five is writing or journaling. Number six is surrounding yourself with nature. Number seven is breathing. Number eight is Learning not to take things so personally or laughing, if you will. Um, number nine is putting yourself on a timeout. Number 10 is me time. And then the bonus is um, looking at your diet. What does your diet look like? And number 12 is having quiet time. Um, I do want to leave you guys with another book. I think it'll be super cool for you to check out. It is called Vibrate Higher Daily. It's not a devotional, but it, it does give some um, great tools for you to live in your power. And it is by Layla Delia. I think I said that right. Queen, I hope I did you justice. Um, it was it was a good, good read. Um, and I pray that each of you are in a space where you are learning to protect your peace better and it is my prayer for you that in this year to come you show up as the greatest expression of yourself 
and you are able to do that when you have inner peace. Protect your peace. I love you. Thank you for tuning into the Mobile Mom Mindset Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really love this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. For more beyond this podcast, including my blog, books, upcoming events, and other products and services, visit my website, www.asktbj.com. And for daily inspiration, including quotes, business strategy, and branding tips, be sure to follow me on Instagram at AskTPJ. Okay, bye!